You're listening to Lozano Smith's podcast, where we discuss important changes in the law and legal decisions that affect public agencies. Hello, I'm Jim Sanchez, Senior Counsel with Lozano Smith. I work out of the Fresno and Monterey offices, providing services to all of our local government clients. And I am here with Jim. My name is Mary Lerner, and I'm also senior counsel, and I work regularly with um, groundwater sustainability agencies in California, particularly for um, my city clients. And today, we're going to be talking about a subject that's important to all of us, and that's water. Our topic is groundwater. Right. And groundwater... So groundwater is really important in California, as is any water, and it will forever be contentious no matter what we are doing with water. In particular, under SIGMA, we're now required to take actions with respect to groundwater sustainability. And we're going to talk a little bit about how we're going to take those actions, um, the actions that are required. And I think, uh, Mary, as I look at that SIGMA, the Sustainable Groundwater Management Act, um, I, I think it's important for us to look at that big picture of what it is, the comprehensive legislative package that was adopted back in 2014, and it was the result of several issues that California was facing. Uh, the first is that uh, groundwater, as you said, is a critical resource in California. 80% of California relies upon groundwater. California pumps uh, more groundwater in a single year than the entire nation combined. And then, obviously, you're dealing with groundwater basins. Right. And so taking a look at the importance of it and the causes, we also have the drought effects over the last couple of years that have um, really become important in the sustainability factor. We also have, as you mentioned, different stakeholders. And so in coming together in this new area of law, we have to consider all of those stakeholder interests. So we have the agricultural interests, the environmental interests, the urban interests, and it's all coming together in, in how we can achieve this sustainability in California with the different groundwater basins. And so when we look at what SIGMA does, uh, it establishes the opportunity for local control of the groundwater. Uh, and if the local governments don't take control, then you've got the state in the background to fill the void and not always in the way that's friendly towards local governments. Exactly. And so that also plays. So you have the you have the state will come in and, and take control. They'll also come in and take control if there's any conflict between the different sustainability agencies. So you have these agencies that need to be set up. And if there's any overlap for management areas, the state's going to come in. Um, the same with the plans. If the plans don't work together and there's some sort of conflict within the individual plans that are required, and I know you're going to get into that a little bit later, um, again, the state's going to come in and take control. And so it's important for these local agencies to work together, one, and to come up with a plan that is beneficial to, to the interests of your GSA without affecting the other surrounding GSAs. And when you talk about these GSAs, the Groundwater Sustainability Agencies, um, they've been formed with some pretty extensive powers. Um, they can uh, set up rules for the extraction of groundwater, uh, impose fees on those extractions, conduct investigations, monitor and enforce, 
and of course allocate uh, water supplies, which becomes a big issue, um, and then regulate or suspend groundwater production. Right. And so again, all those stakeholders, they're going to have something to say about those, especially the allocating the water, suspending pumping, imposing fees, and especially your urban areas with respect to imposing fees. And so there's those six areas that you have to address. And how are you going to address them? How are you going to solve this problem of achieving this groundwater sustainability, especially in areas where you have things like seawater intrusion, um, over pumping, water quality degradation, surface water depletions. Um, they have to look at the storage factor for all of this. And, and this is going to be particularly important for GSAs um, when they go to hire that consultant, the person who's going to model what needs to be done in order to achieve sustainability under those six factors that Sigma requires you to address. So the groundwater sustainability agencies, as they go forward, their big issue currently is the groundwater uh, management or sustainability plans that they have to adopt. Correct. And so there's going to be two different timelines. If you are considered in critical overdraft, your timeline's 2020 to have that plan done and submitted to the state. If you aren't in critical overdraft, your plan's due in 2022. Now, there could be some sort of conflict when you're working, let's say you're a groundwater sustainability agency and you're not in critical overdraft, but an agency that you need to work with is in critical overdraft. Well, that will automatically increase your timeline, your deadlines, um, and, and make them more limited because you're, you're obligated to work together. And I think you've hit on a couple of real important practical things for uh, our listeners. The first thing is, you need to make sure that you've got the technical expertise to assess your water rights situation, whether exactly. it's inventory uh, of your water rights, um, recognizing the state of the basin that you are uh, active within, uh, and then recognizing the big picture of the different stakeholders who will also be a part of the negotiation and development of that groundwater uh, sustainability plan. Absolutely. And, you know, water rights is interesting, um, especially for one of the GSAs that I'm involved with over in the Monterey County area. And that has to do with those pre-1914 water rights and the Arroyo Seca River. So it becomes really important is, do we want to take from that river to solve problems in other areas um, and how that's going to happen? Well, the answer for most GSAs when you have those pre-1914 water rights is pre-1914 water rights is going to be no. Um, and so th those are all different factors that you just need to take into consideration. And it's about working together and how you're going to work together. And I think the other thing is um, to make sure that our clients understand that what they're what the ultimate or end game of the groundwater sustainability plan is to develop a measurable, objective, uh, and reliable groundwater supply, um, and to have milestones that can be evaluated to make sure that the uh, groundwater um, sustainability agency is tracking those achievements or the milestones. Exactly. That end game is extremely important. And I think with that end game also comes some CEQA concerns um, that I know you were interested in talking about. 
Well, and, and again, at the at the high level, the the CEQA issues will come up in a couple of areas. One, it'll hit the um, initial adoption of the groundwater sustainability plan. It is a project, as we've talked, and uh, as a project, it has to go through a CEQA evaluation. What that end product from a CEQA standpoint would be, it could be uh, an environmental impact report. It may be something less than that. Um, but the, the uh, technical expertise that the client hires has to be able to understand uh, both the groundwater supply issues as well as the CEQA issues. Right. And so what, so are you saying that you have this, you have a plan, you're required to have a plan. And within that plan, there's going to be um, different projects that are proposed in order to solve some of the six sins, we'll call them. And so in solving those six sins with those projects, those projects can ultimately be subject to CEQA. The projects themselves, I think, would have to be looked at independently okay. um, with the or through the CEQA lens uh, to make sure that that's defensible. But I also think that that will be an area where those who would um, contest the water right allocation, that would be an area where they would look at as a vulnerability to attack the groundwater sustainability plan. And I think the big picture that local uh, governments have to be aware of is you have these competing interests and these different triggers uh, at which they may find themselves in litigation. Right. So it could be used as a sword or a shield. I mean, but I think it could primarily be used as a sword by those competing interests. Yes. Okay. And I think as we, we look at kind of the, the horizon uh, for our clients, uh, some of the things that I think we will see from a local government standpoint, you've got these groundwater sustainability agencies moving forward. Right now in the midst of the adoption or preparation of those groundwater sustainability plans, I think it's critical that our local government agency clients um, have not only the technical expertise, as we've described on board, to analyze these issues, but also a game plan that they have developed to make sure that they are on the front end engaged with the uh, comment periods of the groundwater sustainability plans, also recognizing the land use implications on the local government side you have general plans that you adopt. Your general plans now have to consider the groundwater sustainability plans that are being uh, looked at to adopt in the near term. I agree, those general plans. It, so we're focusing on the urban um, interests or the urban stakeholders when we're talking about the general plan and we wanna look at the ability of these cities to grow in the future. We also want to consider some of the um, development that's taking place within these cities. And so marijuana happens to be a big one of those development factors that's taking place. And so when you're looking at who all these water users are and the growth that you want to see within your city, your agency, um, you need to take that into consideration within the plan and work with your general managers um, that are part of the GSAs. You want to work with your modelers, your consultants that have been hired by these GSAs in determining um, how you're going to proceed to address these six factors that you're required to address. And I think the other thing um, on the local government side um, is all of the impacts on the local government decision-making process. For example, 
um, will the local government have sufficient water resources after the allocations? Um, does the local government have the ability to grow in the future? Housing needs are critical in California and the development of affordable housing is on the front uh, burner for most cities and counties. But now with the water issues uh, that the groundwater sustainability agencies are looking at and those plans that they're looking at adopting, there are some, I think, serious questions as to how uh, the local government decision making will be impacted. I agree. And I think that those serious questions um, become more serious for those who are in critical overdraft versus those who aren't in critical overdraft. So for example, if your GSA currently has excellent groundwater, um, there's no overpumping, you have those pre-1914 water rights, um, an excellent source, there's, there's really no foreseeable depletion problems for your GSA. Um, you're gonna have to deal with the other GSAs that do have those problems that how are they going to consider their allocations? How are they going to consider their growth? Um, and again, it's that it's that working together. How are you going to work together? And I think um, for the Monterey area, we have some huge competing interests. We have farmers and you have farmers that are in areas where there has been depletion versus farmers in areas where you have great groundwater. And how do you address those factors? How do you work together? Because not only that, you're addressing the future through the requirements of Sigma, but also how do you address the past? Because you're gonna have things like um, storage areas that, or transportation of water that become really important factors in that grand scheme of, of how do we move forward. And I think, uh, for example, in some of the uh, Central Valley areas and regions, where you've got water quality issues, whether it's nitrates that have come from a lot of the different past activities, uh, you now have to deal with the uh, costs of either cleanup or uh, enhancing the water quality in those regions, and who bears that cost? Exactly, and then cost, you go right into fees. Who's gonna bear that cost? Who are the fees? Who's gonna be assessed the fees? How they're gonna be assessed? Are, do we take into consideration property? 218. Um, Sigma requires that you follow the law. Is that law the Prop 218 requirement? And so you're going to have those, those different stakeholders now, especially your residents, that are wondering what's going to happen to my fees. And so I think education is a huge part of this whole process, not just education through your consultant that you hire, but educating the public as well, educating those stakeholders, because it's very small boards that are making big decisions that are going to impact a large number of people. And so I think education becomes really important. And I think, you know, as, as we look at um, where we've come, I don't think we can overstate the need uh, to have early involvement in that uh, development of those groundwater sustainability plans. Uh, we talked about gathering the technical expertise and ensuring that we have an inventory of water rights and needs, um, and then making sure that there is a record of uh, each local government agency's need and that each other has the ability to properly and fairly negotiate those needs in a public setting. 
And I think that record's going to become really important in the future. That written record of what are we doing and how are we doing it, whether we end up in litigation or whether we all end up working together um, copacetically. Yeah. I, I was sitting in a council meeting actually just last night where the uh, master plan facility updates for water and wastewater and, and recycled water were being considered. And there was a comment about the fact that the groundwater sustainability plan that is moving forward will have an impact on uh, this, these projects that are being considered and approved. And their comment was, we don't have enough information to have foreseeable comments at this time under CEQA. But my thought is, we may already be past that time. And if there is a, uh, a special stakeholder interest out there that wants to pursue litigation, that will be an avenue that they will look at. And so I think the sequel records that people are developing are going to have to uh, consider those um, groundwater sustainability plans uh, at this stage. No, I agree. I think that the, the plans are important. That's key here with Sigma. you got to have the plans. But I think ultimately, when it comes to the adoption of that plan and approval of that plan, those stakeholder interests need to be showing up to these meetings. They need to be showing up to the GSA meetings. They need to be showing up to the advisory committee meetings. So a lot of these GSAs, they actually operate with an advisory committee. And the advisory committee will make recommendations to the master GSA. And that GSA decides, should we accept the recommendation? Should we not? Why should we accept it? But at all levels, the public can be engaged. Those stakeholders can be engaged. There's a time when they can come forward and, and give their opinions, or maybe there's something we haven't considered as a GSA. And those interests become important. Those comments become important. Well, I, I think as we wrap up here, I think I would say that um, We've stressed the need for early involvement and having that level of expertise. And, you know, here at our firm, we are experts in working with local governments and resolving complex problems like those presented with Sigma. And so I think my, my two cents is uh, get with your city attorneys and get with those um, uh, experts in the field uh, sooner than later to make sure that these issues are well thought out and your agency is prepared to deal with this impending issue. Exactly. There's an urgency and you need to address that urgency. If you have any questions about this topic, please contact the hosts of this episode or an attorney at any one of our eight offices throughout California. For details on how to get a hold of us, visit our podcast page at lozanosmith.com slash podcast.